0: Welcome to the Living Well podcast from Horneau no Chappelle. I'm your host, Mark Henick. One year ago, all of our lives and futures were thrown into uncertainty. And this was especially the case for those who were actively planning for their retirement. As with past market crashes, some locked in their losses and they suffered severely because of it. Others cashed in on the Valley and used it as an opportunity to safeguard their future financial freedom. I think it really depended in many ways on where in their journey they were. So how does planning for your future impact your effort to live? well? Today, I've got Patty Lovett-Reed back on the show to talk about just that. She's the Chief Financial Correspondent for CTV News. And I'm also going to speak with Bill Van Gorder. He's a Chief Operating Officer and Chief Policy Officer for the Canadian Association for Retired Persons. But first, I want to start us off by revisiting something that personal finance expert Bruce Celery mentioned in Episode 1 of this season.
1: If you're a retiree who either has a defined benefit – pension or has been doing the things that one should do on asset allocation, there's no stress. And I think for seniors, sometimes you actually have to point that out to them. I was at an event, um, an event. I was at an event, a social event. No, I was at a socially distanced backyard barbecue, 12 feet away (laughs) from a senior who asked me a question. And she said, what am I going to do about all the money I've lost? And I said, Hmm. well, why did you lose money? And she said, well, haven't you followed the stock market? And I said, yes, I have. It declined 35%. And then it rebounded it's not off very much at all these days and she was like what Hmm. so people aren't connected to what the stock market has actually done number one and number two did you sell something because that's Hmm. the only time in which you lose money so if you bought it for a hundred dollars and you sold it for eighty dollars you lost twenty dollars but if you're still invested you didn't lose a penny, and so I think it bears uh, repeating for people who are in that drawdown phase of their life that they actually may not have lost anything. And if they do need to cash their shares, uh, you know, maybe they are not even at the level below what they paid for them.
0: That's my conversation. Part of my conversation with Bruce Celery, personal finance expert, on episode one of this second season of the Living Well podcast. If you're interested in hearing the rest of that interview, go back on Apple Podcasts or whatever wherever you're uh, listening to the show. Uh, And listen to that one and all the other past episodes. But now I want to pull in uh, Bill Van Gorder. Bill is the COO and the Chief Policy Officer for CARP, the Canadian Association for Retired Persons. Bill, thanks for joining me today. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. Now, as uh, Bruce was mentioning, you know, uh, not everybody um, has a full appreciation of uh, how the stock market works, for example, and how you can lock in your losses when the market goes down, but you don't have to necessarily. So what are you hearing from uh, from retired persons across Canada uh, in terms of their understanding of how the pandemic has impacted their their retirement?
2: What we're hearing is they're not getting as much information as they'd like to they'd like to have. Uh, They feel that the people they've dealt with over their life, their financial lives in terms of planning because of their age now are just expecting them to hold and divest. They're not expecting them to uh, be concerned about uh, growth. They're not recognizing the fact that uh, uh, older Canadians today are living longer, a a year every decade in expectations. And they're still planning ahead when their investment advisors seem to think that they're looking to the very end of their life.
0: Mm. Now, have you seen people though who are um, trying, who need to cash out, who who are are ready to to uh, cash in their funds or to move them around, and now suddenly they have to be put in a holding pattern?
2: Well, we we do, and we hear, we what we hear from them is that they're very concerned. They have a lot of anxiety about their financial situation, whether they will outlive the money that they that they have. You know, when we do surveys of our 325,000 members across Canada, Uh, although health concerns are always near the top of the list, often in surveys, financial security is their number one concern.
0: Sure. And I mean, the, the fear of someday not knowing if you're not going to be able to support yourself, especially when you've worked your entire life for this moment to support yourself, I imagine that's causing an incredible amount of anxiety for retired people.
2: Well, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, we have to recognize that uh, less than 30 percent of our membership, and in fact, in, in Canada, of older Canadians have any kind of, of indexed uh, pension of any kind of pension, in fact, have even have a pension. Yeah. Uh, the other 70 percent are living on their own savings and the investments they've made over the years. So they don't feel per- protected and they don't feel that the people who are making the regulations, uh, either federally or provincially, really understand their, their kind of situation. Because those people, elected officials and bureaucrats, have those uh, pensions that are fairly secure these days mm-hmm. and don't have to live under the same concerns and worries as other older Canadians.
0: What needs to change in a from a policy perspective in order for, for legislators to get it to help to safeguard the futures of retired persons?
2: Well, there's a number of things that CARP has been uh, talking to uh, government, but especially uh, federally, that they need to do. Uh, first of all, they have to uh, protect the pensions that people already have. And there's a tremendous amount of worry when when we've seen what's happened with, with some uh, companies over the years uh, going bankrupt, going out of business. And uh, the older Canadians' pensions have gone with them or have been severely severely reduced uh, Canadian seniors find it almost unconscionable that the tax man should get his money out of these companies before the people who have pensions, who have worked and trusted all their lives, they're going to have money in their, in their later years, aren't going to have it. So the security of, of pensions is certainly uh, number one. Uh, the second area is uh, government has to follow through on its promises. The, the current federal government Promised two things uh, prior to the last election that they haven't followed through on. One is an, an increase in the CPP. The the other is an increase uh, for uh, for Canadians when they become seventy five. Uh, an extra increase in in funds. Um, you know, during COVID has really. Uh, brought this out to our members and to all older Canadians and and that is that uh, uh they're concerned that their money isn't uh, isn't safe, and they haven't gotten the support in their view that other parts of the economy have. Now, how many, you know, given that being the case,
0: um, based on your research, do you have any idea how many older Canadians are working separate jobs, supplemental income, uh, part-time or precarious type, type jobs that have virtually all been shut down for the last year?
2: Well, we, we, we don't have exact numbers. We do know that uh, uh, post-retirement age, when uh, older Canadians have to continue working, they tend to go into jobs that are related to either the service industry or the tourism industry, the two industries that have really been hit hard by, uh, by covid we also know that uh, uh, the the surveys that now show statistics show that uh, up to thirty percent of uh, older Canadians over the age of 65 live at or below the poverty line. Mm. And this is particularly true with uh, older single single women over the age of of 65 are really impacted by this. Costs have gone up uh, because of COVID in all the areas they deal with, especially things like uh, food costs and even housing costs, transportation costs. Costs uh, have, have gone up for them, yet their income has not, and in many cases, when they had had supplementary income, that's disappeared almost entirely.
0: So, you know, all, all this being the case, Bill, what, what is your um, consolation maybe or, or words of advice to older Canadians who are uh, either facing retirement or already in retirement and really worried about uh, the situation to come?
2: Yeah, well, I, our, our advice, first of all, is uh, take your time plan there's there's nothing on the horizon that means you have to you have to rush a lot of people uh, we're hearing are delaying decisions even around uh, retirement and waiting to see what happens that's a good idea to do even if you are in a position where you're looking at uh, some sort of retirement at this point don't make long-range plans one of the one of the things we've really found with retirement is people don't know what they what they don't know prior to retirement. It's fine to make some financial and there's some financial decisions you have to make prior to retirement and, and income changes, your your savings need to uh, change, but don't make any more decisions than you have to. Wait for three to six months after you've actually left the workforce and then decide what you want to do next. You may want to go back to work. You may be like me. I've br- I've had four full-time jobs since I thought I was (laughs) retiring 15 years ago. Uh, Or you may decide that uh, uh, you want to to wait and do those things that you had always wanted to do, but you really don't know uh, what your situation is going to be. The other thing in in terms of mental health is start now making social contacts that will live on beyond uh, retirement. Too many people, especially men, uh, find that their whole life uh, and their friendships, their, their, uh, their associ- association with other people is based around their work. And when they're not at the job anymore, they have no contacts. Women seem to be better at that. They seem to develop more social contacts outside of the work uh, situation. But that's the thing to start doing now to make sure that that you're not left alone sitting in the rocking chair, looking out the window once you don't have a job to go to on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, steady at the wheel and remember that you're not alone. I think that's great advice. Bill Van Gorder is the Chief Policy Officer and the Chief Operating Officer for the Canadian Association for Retired Persons. He joined me today from Halifax. We're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back with Patty Lovett. reed You're listening to the Living Well Podcast from Morno chapelle I'm your host, Mark Hennick.
3: The Living Well Podcast is brought to you by Wellcan, a free mental health and well-being resource offered by Morno Chappelle. At WellCan.ca and on the WellCan app in the App Store, you'll find information, assessments, and resources to support your mental health. WellCan resources are supplied by morneau Chappelle's expert clinicians, as well as through partnerships with some of the biggest companies from across Canada and around the world. And now back to the Living Well podcast and your host, Mark Hennig.
0: I'm joined by the chief financial commentator for CTV News, Patty Lovett-Reed. Patty, hi, how are you?
4: Hi, Mark. Great. Thanks.
0: Good. So I want to talk about how, uh, you know, these th- this pandemic has been going on, of course, far longer than we ever thought. Back in the spring, it felt like, you know, maybe in a few days or a few weeks or even just a small number of months, we'll get out of this. But now, you know, we're, we're going to be approaching a year. So I'm interested to know then how this has been impacting people's retirement planning, especially for people who were expecting to retire around around now.
4: You know, I, I have an Instagram account and it's Patty It Reed, Patty underscore it Reed. And I ask those types of questions because I want to hear from real people. And uh, every time I bring up retirement, and it, it primarily has to do with the demographic that follows me, um, they talk about the fact that the retirement is not going to happen. It's not going to happen the way they thought. I used to ask people, you know, what is it you hope to do in retirement? Because we could spend a third of our life there. And people would always say to me, I'm going to travel. Now, the funny thing is, I often say, did you travel before? And they would tell me, no, I didn't. The odds are you're not likely going to travel a lot more anyway, but the dream is there and and the hope, and that's the goal. So uh, people say, clearly, we can't travel. I'm worried about back to socialization in terms of how am I going to fill the hours in my day? Because if you look up retirement in the dictionary, it means to become static, reclusive, disappear, that's exciting. I don't know anybody who look forward to that in retirement, and so now it's far more dynamic. And so people are—I'm going to say—they're reassessing where they're at. Do they? What do their portfolios look like? Um, what? What sort of you know changes in that composition do they need to make? In many cases financially, people are saying, I have to push retirement out. And then, you know, there's the socialization aspect of it. Um, Then there's this whole reassessment, do I even want to? And so all of these things are coming fast and furious with the overwhelming issue being fear of outliving their money. How do I know if I've got enough now to see me through given what's been going on?
0: What is the typical retirement age now? Uh, And do you see that pushing out further because of, uh, of everything that's happening.
4: I don't think there's been a lot of change in retirement age. Uh, What I do see is some people may move from their first career to their second career to their third career. But when you have that financial foundation in place, so to speak, I think what happens is it gives you the luxury of choice. And what people are missing right now, in my opinion, is that luxury of choice. Mm -hmm. So um, knowing your numbers, where is your money coming from? You know, uh, what is it you plan on spending your money on if we're not traveling? We're not doing the things that we thought we might be doing. Uh, What will we be doing? And do we need less money? Um, These are legitimate questions. What if you live too darn long? I mean, we don't have inflation right now, but if inflation picks up, um, does that compromise your lifestyle? And you do need to think when you enter into retirement down the road, will I require some sort of long-term extended care? And what sort of costs do those look like? I got to say, a lot of people are saying um, that extended care, I want it to be in my home. And that, in fact, may wind up costing a lot more than they thought.
0: In terms of the stock market, did we or have we seen a flight to safer stocks uh, over the course of the last several months?
4: Well, it always comes down to the individual, those that I've actually chatted with. It comes down to your risk tolerance. And, and what I mean by that is not just how much um, are you willing to lose short term in the market, But realistically, how much can you afford to lose? And then time horizon has to come into play. So if you're a couple of years away from retirement, you're on the cusp of retirement, uh, people, sure, they're telling me I'm moving into safer investments, guaranteed investment certificates. I've moved into gold. I've moved into uh, some cases the US dollar because it's still sometimes thought of as that safe haven play uh, sitting in cash. I know one individual that literally liquidated took, what I would consider a fairly significant loss because they weren't sleeping at night and Mm -hmm. they did not want to take on that uh, mental health risk associated with the volatility that's going Mm -hmm. on in the market.
0: Well, speaking of that, did we see uh, a lot of panic selling, especially as the market started to tank back in the spring?
4: Well, I think we saw it certainly because when you look at the pullback in the markets, people were selling, that's why we saw the pullback.
0: But were were those institutional sellers or were they individuals who were losing their retirement?
4: No, I, I, I think it was probably driven in part by institutional. But what I also saw was individuals saying, wow, these markets are down. So they're looking at the headline number and then they're going to react. I don't think we ever really saw capitulation where that last retail investor says i am thrown in the towel and moving to the sideline. But we definitely saw Uh, A rebalancing of portfolios, we definitely saw a move to safe haven. Um, But I we also saw the markets come back fairly quickly. Mm. And and so because of that, there's this there was this feeling of and it wasn't an even recovery. Like, think about technology stocks. They definitely drove things. But, you know, it was enough to say, "Okay, like, okay, let's breathe. Let's take a longer term perspective. And it's been one issue and challenge after another for investors, whether you're dealing with the pandemic, which, of course, is, in my opinion right now, the number one challenge. But then you move into so many wild cards that that people are are bombarded day after day. And it's easy to say, take a long term perspective, which I do believe right now uh, is harder to do. And in many cases, the best thing you can do for your portfolio is do nothing if you're well balanced.
0: And I would imagine you know as I think about retirement that if you're retiring any time or' are planning to retire any time between now and probably the next three to five years uh, if you locked in your losses early uh, or if if you're not willing to or if you weren't well diversified to begin with you're probably going to struggle a lot more but millennials and younger you know I uh, can afford to buy up a whole lot more airline stocks and hotel stocks right now and it's going to work out really well I think Bank because those stock. mark banks because they will come back but not everybody had that that kind of, um, uh, uh, freedom to do that. So now for younger investors thinking about their retirement in, in in a few more decades, um, I've heard that we're seeing more investment from younger people who maybe never really invested before.
4: Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Listen, we have four adult children, all in, relationships, um, in their thirties. And they're saying, this has to be a buying opportunity. Talk about music to my ears. Yes, it is a buying opportunity. No question about it, especially when you've got the time horizon working on your side. But that doesn't mean that you take a risk orientation that isn't aligned to you. I just need to look at, you know, our four children. I have one that's extremely risk oriented and, and is prepared to bet the farm on whatever and believes in it and go for it. I have another who in their early 20s, she said, Mom, I need to start saving for retirement. I'm afraid I won't have enough. Talk about erring on the side of caution. And then then we've got others in the family that are steady as she goes. So I still think when you get back to fundamentals, and that is, what is your goal? What is your time horizon? What is your tolerance for risk? And you're not spending every dime you have coming in. Put that money to work. Don't, don't overextend yourself. These are fundamentals that have been tried. They've been tested. And I think they, they really are true.
0: Housing seems to be fair. Prices seem to actually have gone up uh, in in the housing market and and the real estate market. Is there a concern there? Is it being artificially inflated somehow? What's happening here?
4: Well, you know, if you if you listen to CMHC, they were telegraphing that the housing market would pull back this year you know, significantly double digits. They've since pulled back on that. Um, Given the fact that Tip Macklin, the Bank of Canada governor, has telegraphed a low interest rate environment, um, that support for the real estate market, for sure. Uh, When you look at growth here in Canada, what's been doing well? Residential construction has been blistering hot. So, um, you know, Thinking about even a mortgage right now, fixed or variable, I don't care. Either's an option. It really depends on whether or not you think um, the markets, the economy, it's going to pull back. Then you stick in variable, but both are great options. And, and here's a twist to it that might support it. What about a 10-year mortgage? Um, if you shop around, you can get 3%. That locks your money in unless you have commitment issues, but like for a 10 year period that you can know is fairly manageable. So I do think there is still support there for the housing market may not be the housing market we once knew. It may not be in urban centers. People may be further out. You may see families starting to co-mingle under one roof. Definitely recreational property uh, has been on the rise and continues to be, you know, a real support to the real estate market.
0: Mm. And the last thing I was thinking in terms of where people put their money, either in the short term or, or long term, um, you know, out of necessity, companies like Zoom, uh, Shopify, uh, we've seen huge growth in the tech sector. Uh, are we edging into a bubble here? Will this come all crashing down once people get back to whatever the next normal will be?
4: Well, that's a great question. Uh, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that, but I think you have to look at valuations and how stretched they really are and i don't think one size fits all in the technology arena i think it's you know you have to look at the individual company but you don't just bet on something because you think it's you know it's the next big winner without knowing the numbers you just don't
0: patty Lovett reed is the chief financial commentator for ctv news patty thanks for joining me
4: thanks a lot mark
3: You've been listening to The Living Well Podcast. Mark Hennick is our host and executive producer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the show. There's no cost involved. You just hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a rating to let us know how we're doing. For more information about the show and the WellCan project, visit wellcan.ca. The Living Well Podcast is produced for Morneau Chappelle by Mark Hennick and Eye Contact Productions. I'm Dave Trafford.